Well, hello there, and welcome to an all-new episode of Faux Real. As this is Memorial Day, I want to thank all those servicemen and women, including my grandfather, who sacrificed so much for our freedom. We honor you. On this episode, I welcome the splendiferous comedian and actress Zainab Johnson, who you can currently see as Alicia on the Amazon Prime original series Upload, as one of the dynamic science-minded hosts on Netflix's 100 Humans, and here on her own amazing podcast, Honest Tea with Z. She is an absolute joy, and I cannot wait for you to hear our conversation. Before we get going, I want to give an extra special shout out to my new social media team, Katie Hudspeth and Rosie Moriarty, for making this show shine. Please don't forget to check out the show's Patreon, where you can find exclusive clips, vids, early access, and unique content not found during any regular episode. That's patreon.com forward slash faux real. P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com F-A-U-X-R-E-A-L. You can also now find all our listening platforms and social media links all in one at smarturl.it forward slash faux real pod. F-A-U-X-R-E-A-L-P-O-D. And now, without further ado, let's get to my amazing guest, Zainab Johnson. How you doing? You look great. Thank you. Thank you so much. I'm doing pretty good. Thank you. How are you? Rocking and rolling. Just, just cruising right along through this weird, strange, you know, uh, hole in the galaxy of time and space. No one knows what's happening. It's, it's insanity. Yeah. But I'm rolling right through it. It's, it's all good. I, I mean, we have no choice at this point but to roll, right? Just got to go. Yeah. Just got to put on that swim cap and dive right in, right? Yeah, yeah. So how have you been, how have you been swimming through? What, what have you been doing to, to keep yourself motivated? Recently, um, I, I don't know if you know this, but I'm Muslim and, and it's Ramadan. Ramadan is coming to an end. Mm-hmm. Yes, the id is this weekend. And so for the past month, the past 30 days, I think that that has occupied a lot of my focus or rather helped me with any any focusing that I needed to do, any sort of anxiety that I had, I think that it's provided a, a nice balance of calmness for me. Um, and other than that, I have tried, I've, I've been trying to have a routine. Like I've been trying to get up and maybe go for a walk as early as possible so that I can avoid as many people as possible. You know, right. I, 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 I go to the grocery store maybe twice a week with my mask, of course. I've been reading, I've been listening to audiobooks, I've been catching up on every show that I've ever wanted to watch in life. I have been writing, I've been doing a lot of writing. I've done a Zoom show here or there, but that's those are not my favorite things to do. So I've I've had to find a way to release my comedic creativity in scripts versus, you know, the live performance. So That's great. I know you had a pilot that was very close to being picked up. Right. Well, we sold it, but it it didn't get made. It, ABC bought it, but we never shot anything. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So you've been busy writing, putting all of your your imagination into that. That's awesome. Yes. yes. I I sorry, I ripped right past it and didn't give you the official 
shining, glowing um, intro. You are, you are uh, the biggest star around right now. You're starring in Upload, uh, semi-finalist from Last Comic Standing, um, hitting it out of the park with your podcast, Honest Tea with Z, which yeah. I love. I love that title so much. How long have you been doing the podcast? I've been doing the podcast, I think, for two years now. Awesome. Yeah, it's been, I started it late. I started it in 2018, I believe. Yeah, I started in 2018. So yeah, two years. That's excellent. Yeah. Uh, what, what, uh, what got you going with the podcast? Was it something that you're like, oh, I mean, everybody's got one. I might as well do one. Or did you want to like feed your own, uh, your own thing into it? Like what, what spawned that? Yeah, I think that I, I, I am an avid listener to podcasts, so I enjoy them. And I do, for me, as much as I enjoy podcasts, I don't hear my voice when listening to other people's podcasts. I find myself talking back to no one a lot, you know, or talking back to the radio. And I used to do a podcast with another comedian friend of mine, and we talked about relationships, which we are about to revisit that podcast. But I'd already got myself familiar with what it takes to create a podcast, what it takes to record a podcast. And I had the equipment and I, and I also knew that I would travel to like different cities and I would put on these shows and the audience would get to see and talk to me and they would feel like they were my friends and feel like they had got a chance to be in my living room for an hour. And then I would go away, you know, I would go on to the next city. And because I'm not putting out, you know, I'm not, I'm, I don't want to say I'm not Dave Chappelle. I mean, I'm not, but just factually, like I'm Zainab and he's Dave, you know, but I just felt like people who saw me live, they needed a way to connect with me that I could control. And so that's, that's what the podcast was. And one night late, about four o'clock in the morning in New York City, uh, me and a bunch of comedian friends, we were like driving each, you know, like being dropped off home. And I had given my friend like some good advice and I'm good for that. I'm good for like bottom lining the advice, like giving you the honest part of it. Right and my here. friend, after I gave her the advice, she was like, yes, honest tea with Z. And I was like, oh, I think that's the, the, the title to my podcast. So on my podcast, the opening voice is the friend that titled it. That's awesome. Yeah. It's, it's always great. I, I always love hearing how, uh, Everybody is, you know, ideas come together. Um, everyone, I, a lot of guests ask me when they come on the show, they're like, what is the show? What, yeah. what is, like, what is this about? We have we, no What idea. is so real? <laughs> uh, I mean, you know, like Willy Wonka said, uh, if, uh, if you want to find paradise, uh, all you have to do is, uh, is do it. Yeah. This is it. I don't know. <laughs> it's it's different for every every single person and every single episode and it it changes all the time yeah. you know i uh i just really enjoy talking to new people meeting new people um i want to talk to you about 100 humans too okay. such a fantastic amazing show i had the chance to uh to work on it briefly one day i was in the um the uh bias segment with the cell phones oh and, okay uh, that got deep oh, were you one of the people that jumped out oh that's yeah. like the most 
I think that's like the most controversial naturally episode. Like that's the episode that I get the most messages about like, Hey, I think that if you guys would have done this differently and experiment, maybe it would have yielded different results. And I'm like, you know, what's interesting about that. And I can't go into it with every single person that sent me a message, but I think, I think in, yeah, so, so people look at experiments as the experiment, right? But they don't really look at it. They don't really look at how it relates to the world, right? And so every single thing that we do in life that doesn't yield an ideal result, we think if there was one thing we could have done differently, would that have yielded a different result, right? Like a couple of years ago, my boyfriend and I, we got into a car accident, right? And he said, you know, if you would have let me put the stuff in the trunk instead of in the back seat, we would have took one happen. second longer. And the, and the thing about life is once it happens, you never know what could have happened. You know? Right. It would be awesome to have some goggles to see into the threads of all the different alternate rea uh, realities. But unfortunately, exactly. we're, we're confined to this, to this base reality that we're living in. Exactly. And, uh, I, I would, I would love to be able to do that. I'm a, I'm a super nerd. I'm, I'm in all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Uh, I've, I've been, uh, marathoning through Star Trek discovery. Okay. And you know, it's Star Trek. They're all over. Uh, I, I've never seen rounds. a full episode of Star Trek and my, my father was a Trekkie. So it was on in our house all the time, but those were the times where I made sure not to be in the living room. <laughs> You're like, no, I'm out. I'm done. I think you would make a great alien on Star Trek, honestly. I think that I I think that I would make a great alien on any show or make a great like sci-fi non-human character. Absolutely. I think that I would be great at it. Because you've got you've got the height. You're five eleven, right? Yeah, yeah. So you've got the height. Um, I think you would be like uh uh, you know Doug Jones. He does all of the the creatures. He plays all of the creatures. Okay. Uh, he he's uh, um, he's one of the main characters in in Discovery. Okay. And I think you would be a great uh, commander on the some sort of alien creature that interacts with uh, with Doug Jones' character. I'd love to see you on the Orville. Have you seen the Orville? It's it's like a, I know of it, but I haven't seen it. It's great. I think you would. I think you would enjoy it a lot. So you've been marathoning all of these shows. What what is uh, what's bubbled to the top for you of the things that you've been watching? Um, other than your own shows, of course, which are <laughs> masterful. Um, well, right now I'm currently, and it just came out today, so I'm so I, I should not say it, but I'm, I'll say it anyway. And this is not a shameless plug, but I am watching Homecoming season two on Amazon. Okay. Um, it's very interesting. It started off, a, you know, when you get, it started, and, I, and I, I wonder if this is gonna happen with our show. Like Homecoming season one started with Julia Roberts, you know? And now the lead is Janelle Monet, two gr great women, two very different. Wow. And so it's taking you in a, in a sort of different direction. And so it felt weird. But then now we're in like episode four or five, clearly I'm binging. Um, <laughs> and it's getting back on track with the storyline that we originally left off with. So it's, you know, anyway, I tried to watch Handmaid's Tale. 
That is not a pandemic show. <laughs> it really isn't. That is not a pandemic show. No, no. Oh my God. I realized that in watching in the in the time of me trying to watch Handmaid's Tale, I sent out so many tweets about rape, about injustice, about Gilead, about I mean, I could not, I had no one else to release it to because I'm not around anyone. Normally I would get on stage and I would probably come up with a good 15 minute bit about handmaid, about how I would have probably not been a handmaid, right? So, but having no outlet, <laughs> I mean, cause because you know when you watch a show like that, it makes you wonder in that sort of reality where you would be placed, right? And you have to be realistic with what, like, I'm, I'm a fertile woman, but I'm not a virgin. So that only leads to handmade. But then I would have probably died early because I'm rebellious. No, I, no, no. You're a warrior, Zainab. You'd be, you'd be, you'd be out there just, you know, uh, just taking down the men with, without, with reckless abandon. I mean, I don't know. Have you seen Handmaid's Tale? I have, and I can't watch it. It's 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 too much for me. I I just I can't I can't handle that that level of drama and being. It's too real is the thing, and that's the scariest part about it. It's too real. It's it's you know uh, more than seeds are happening. You know, in our current reality about it of it. And uh, it's it's too real. I can't. It's, yeah, it's, it's like it's like it's like both parts too real and too ridiculous all yeah. at the same time. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, um, of course, I love Ozark. Um, I've watched The Office for the fifteenth time, and it's so crazy because I was I was coming up with a conspiracy theory. I was like, I think if you watch The Office on different networks, you get a different cut. Because how am I recognizing so many new things? How am I seeing a scene I've never seen before? And I've watched this, this, this show, this series in its entirety eight times. Do you get they what I'm saying? How am I seeing new scenes? They absolutely do that. Every, uh, every different platform that picks it up edits, edits it in their own way. One of the things that uh, drove me the most crazy about Disney Plus is shows like The Simpsons, they, they cut it to, you know, 16 by nine. It's not supposed to be watched in 16 by nine. It's supposed to be four by three. That, that is the natural screen resolution that it's supposed to be in. And they do that kind of stuff all the time. They did it for, uh, they did it to Buffy really bad too. They've, they Buffy have- Buffy the Vampire Slayer? Yeah, which is one of my favorite shows ever. And every time they released it, they released it on DVD, it was cut differently. They released it on Blu-ray, it was cut differently. They showed it, um, every single time they put it out, they, they, cut, they cut off edges and they cut out scenes and that drives me absolutely nutballs. I yeah. don't wanna do that. The, the series that I didn't watch while it was on, but I finished it during quarantine, was um, Silicon Valley. Oh, beautiful. Amazing. Silicon Valley, huh? Masterful show. It was, um, I cared very little about, the, the characters were very interesting. The characters and them being themselves in every single scenario is what kept me. And 
the sort of transparency of really what tech company, what, what, what a, what a, what a um, engineer wants or program or a coder wants versus what a huge company wants to do with the code that you create. That, that sort of conversation, because that's something that we're living through as well. You know, I feel like, I, I, I mean, I, I to this day won't download TikTok because I'm like, uh, I don't want you to have my from above. Yeah. 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 I'm like, I know all of these social, I know every website and social media site is designed to grab a certain hold of your information and your activities and your routines. I was like, but it's something about TikTok that just is off. It's a little terrifying. Yeah. 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 Um, Along with some of the the demographic of um, of talent that's on there as well as really really young people doing some very disturbing things. Yeah, and and, and then their practices, and then TikTok's practices. I'm like, I I don't I don't feel right in my spirit being okay with this, you know. So, if you created your own platform, what kind of thing would you create? Um. You know, ideally, well, my platform would probably always involve food because my favorite social media app is Yelp. Um, Yelp is getting a little bit neglected right now just because I'm unable to visit any businesses, you know, like I'm not eating out at restaurants. I'm not, yeah. I'm not trying out any services right now. Um, but I really did like the idea that the, 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 the idea in Silicon Valley that captured me the most was when he tried to create his own internet, like, like a truly free web. Right. That, that really appeals to me because right now it seems like the internet has neutralized things, but it hasn't. There's still, even, even when people say, well, no, it's the algorithm, but it's not the algorithm. There's somebody pushing the algorithm. There's mm -hmm. somebody that decides if the algorithm is going to work for you or not, you know? And so I think that, I think that there, I think that whatever I created, it would it would always be striving for some sort of fairness, some sort of equalizer. Okay, I yeah. love that. Yeah, I really uh, I really did like that idea of the centralized internet too, and it's something that coders have been you know dreaming of for a long time. And I I agree with you too that it's so interesting to. <laughs> I live by a really busy street. Ignore um, uh, to see the you know the ladder of how it how it comes down and how the, how much power the VP um, not the VP that's not what I'm trying to say uh, you know uh, the uh, the investor and all that stuff yeah. that, they, that they have with everything that's um, that's uh, that's really cool. I love Yelp too. Um, yeah, I, I can't wait to use it, you know, <laughs> a million times more as, as yeah, soon as no. we get through this. I know. So you are the fifth child of 13? Yeah, my mom and my dad, they have 13 children together, same mother, same father, all 13 of us. And I am the fifth. I am the third girl, but I'm the fifth child. Amazing. Mm -hmm. Uh so I, I, it's so incredible to think about, like, um, did you guys have your own circus, your own baseball team, your own, uh, your own uh, interactive um, 
avant-garde theater production? Was there always things happening in the house? Were, were you, how, how, did that, how did that unfold? I'm so curious. I, I would definitely say that there was rarely a dull moment. Um, no but, but whenever there was a dull moment, it was appreciated because that meant that there was a little bit of peace and quiet in a house that was always buzzing. Um, I think that what's really interesting is that we all, for the most part, have very different interests. Like I, my, my, my sister's interests are very different than mine. So there was never like, you know, a theater production put on because very few of us were interested in theater, you know? Mm -hmm. um, but I think the times when we came together most were we used to always, my, my dad worked for the MTA when I was younger and my mom was a stay at home mom. And so my, my dad used to work five or six days out the week and, my, and so Sundays would be like our family day. And we would either go to like the museum, we would go to a movie theater, we would go, Burger King used to have like 99 cent Whoppers on Sunday afternoon. We used to go get like, you know, Burger King would, would be our trip or we would go to like, you know, raise famous pizza and you know what I'm saying? So we would have like, or we would go to Prospect Park or Central Park, depending on what time it was, we lived in Brooklyn or Manhattan, you know? Um, but I think, I think that my mom used to always walk us around Central Park, you know, like walk us around the reservoir. So we did a lot of things as a family, but I think in the house, I think we like, we sort of grouped off, you know, like I, like the, like the three young boys were with one another, the, the two young girls were with one another, the two older boys were with one another. You, you know, I was sort of in, in that odd place, which is probably why I'm the performer in the family. I, I'm a middle child, but I'm in between all of the boys. So I have two older sisters, then I have two older brothers, then it's me, then it's four boys before it's another girl. And so I think that while everybody was able to like partner off, I was kind of like the lone ranger, uh -huh. you know? Um, and I think that's probably why I'm a bit um, introverted in my adult life now. Um, but I, I, did, I did love having, I always felt like it was hard for me to appreciate friendships because a lot of kids that I interacted with, they were the only kid or they had one sibling. And so the friendship becomes everything for them. But for me, I would be like, well, you only have me until three o'clock because after three o'clock, I got a whole- My time is precious. Yeah, I got a whole plan of people that I have to go back to. You know, we got our own ecosystem. We have our own hierarchy. You know, we have our own dynamic going and you're, you're, you can't be a part of that dynamic. Like friends would try and come to my house after school. They would try and befriend my siblings. It's like, no, 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 no. Mm -hmm. None of that is happening here. You have me from eight to three and that's it, Monday through Friday. And then the summers, I'll, I, I'll see, you know what I'm saying? You miss, you're gonna miss me in the summer. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so you really, even though you, um, you had so many siblings, they had their own cliques. Yeah. Amongst each other. Yeah. yeah. I was, I was definitely the, one of the kids that was either alone, like, you know, like watching TV by myself or uh, writing in my journal or, or, you know, playing my own cassette tapes and CDs, like, you know, trying to find my alone time or on the phone, you know, with, with friends 
or I was up under my parents. I was always up under my mom or up under my dad, like just talking and trying to like figure things out, you know, like I always needed answers to things. And so my dad was really, he was very logical, you know? And so I used to sit with him a lot and converse. And then my mom, I think I've always just sort of been spoiled and very needy when it comes to her, mm -hmm. you know? So. You think, so were you a little bit closer with your dad then? No, I was definitely close with my mom. Like people, the way people tell it, especially when I was young, I wouldn't go to anybody but my mom. Like I was a tantrum thrower. If my mom wasn't around, then I was acting a fool. Like I was basically a possessed kid when my mom wasn't around. But the only person that I would take if it wasn't her was my dad. But I think once I got older, like into like my preteens and my teens, just the way my personality developed, I just have a lot of my, my sort of default settings are a lot like my father's. And so I think I realized that the older I got. And so I would, you know, I could sit with him and be quiet. I could sit with him and just watch BBC news or watch CNN news. It, that's not something anybody else was interested in, but that's something that I don't know him and I, he was interested in it. And then I became interested in it. You know, only time he lost me was when he turned on Star Trek. <laughs> Well, uh, your dad and me would get along really well then, I think, yeah. <laughs> I, like, uh, I like British shows too, so, although I skew more towards Doctor Who than anything else, go figure. Yeah, you know what's funny is he didn't watch British shows, but I, I used to ask him whenever he watched the BBC News, I would say, why are you watching BBC News? And he used to say, because it gave him a, a more fair understanding of what was happening, like it was, it, it, it was told from a, a different perspective. And, and at the time when I was 15, 14 years old, I didn't understand that. But of course now as an adult, I understand how media, depending on what media outlet you're watching, how skewed it is, mm -hmm. you know? And especially the narrative we get of America being in America versus, you know, in a different country. For sure. Yeah. I had, um, I had the, great privilege of, um, of traveling with a performance group a number of years ago and we, uh, we did a show and um, some sort of community involvement project wherever we would go and we traveled through the, through the US and Europe uh, organizations up with people. They've been around since the 60s. Um, they used to be hyper-religious, they got better. Um, oh. <laughs> but, it was basically a cult? More or less, when they started out, I mean, it, it was, yeah, it was, uh, it was pretty hippy dippy, but, okay. but, uh, but they got better. And so um, I had the, you know, I traveled with them for a year, and especially as we were going across Europe, it was so incredibly fascinating to learn how each country, each culture, each set of people understood how they came across U.S. politics, what they thought about it what they thought about their own politics and their even, <laughs> it always threw me too, each country calls the other countries something different in their language, of course. Yeah. So yeah. very fascinating, a little, you know, throws you a little bit 
was that was incredible though. Yeah. Is there anywhere that you would like to travel if you could uh, just, you know, teleport yourself there? Absolutely. I would love to go to um, Italy. I was actually planning on taking a vacation to Italy this summer. Right before this happens? Yeah, right before this happened. You know, I was planning on going to the Amalfi Coast. Mm -hmm. I would love to go to South Africa. I would love to visit Fiji. I would love to visit the Maldives. I would love to... Um, go to India. Oh my God, I want to go to India so bad. Um, yeah. I, I mean, there's there's very few places that I'm not interested in. You know, I think I think part of my 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 spirit is a traveler, which is why I love my job so much because stand up comedy has taken me to so many different countries. Stand up took me to Dubai and Abu Dhabi. It took me to so many different Asian countries. It took me to Australia. It took me to uh, Seychelles. It, it, it took me to different parts of Canada. You know, it took me to Aruba, to, to um, uh, not Cancun, what is it called? Starts with a C. It's Aruba's like sister, Curacao. Curacao, okay. Yeah. It's taken me so many places, you know, and that's incredible. I look, yeah, I look forward to every new place that it's going to take me. What venue are you most looking forward to after we get through? Um, I don't know. I don't know if I'm most looking forward to any, any place, but I am looking forward to reconnecting with people again, definitely. I am too. I've been taking my little, uh, my little sabbaticals around, around the corner. I have my little, my little strip that I go up. I, uh, I play Pokemon, so I'm I'm usually you know I go around the corner to uh, spend my Pokestop and uh, uh, okay <laughs> get some groceries, and then I come back. Uh, where Where are you located? I'm in North Hollywood. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, I love it over here. It's a <clears throat> excuse me. It's a nice area. Yeah. Good walking paths. I've got a Pizza Hut that's way too close to me. They know me <laughs> by name. You know, yeah. it's a blessing and a curse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, we got to talk about Upload. Your character, Alicia, is I mean, you know, uh, just a party. It's just an absolute party. Every second that she's on screen, I loved every second of it. I marathoned it uh, within about 36 hours. I watched, yeah. I watched the whole show. It's so amazing. I, I love you on screen so much. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you so much. I'm, I'm so glad that you love it and everybody that loves it. We, we are just so thrilled. We, I mean, it's what we hoped for, but when it happened, it was still sort of shocking, you know? All of it was shocking, especially leading up to it. Upload has taken a good amount of time to be made. Um, I don't know if you've heard any of the recent interviews with Greg Daniels, but, you know, Greg came up with the, the, the seed of this idea. He came up with I believe in the 80s when he was like writing for SNL, you know? Really? Wow. Yeah, yeah. And then it went through its phase. I think it might have been a pilot at HBO 10 years ago or something like that. And, you know, and he's just, it's just been something that is one of his like babies, you know? And so then we've been rolling around for a long time. Yeah, we shot the pilot in 2018. We, we got it picked up in the end of 2018 we shot it in 2019 and then it premiered mid 2020 you know so it's it's been some time and i think especially when when 
COVID-19 sort of took everything by storm. I think so many people in productions got anxiety, you know, like, what is this going to mean for, you know, our project and our careers and things like that. And I just think that, I just think that it, it's just been so wonderful. It's been so wonderful for us. And I think it's a very interesting time because upload the under, one of the underlying themes is death, you know? Um, and this is a really interesting time to be talking about death. We have a lot of people experiencing it, you know? Um, and, 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 and experiencing it in a very um, sort of devastating way you know, like in hospitals and stuff like that, people are unable to like attend funerals, get autopsies, things like that. Like having very little to no closure. You know, I had I had a, an, an associate that I know whose wife passed away, not from COVID, but maybe two years ago. And he was very excited to watch and support the show that I was doing. And after watching the first episode, he said, I'm so sorry, I just can't right now. Oh, wow. You know, but but so I'm so happy when I get the messages that I get throughout the day, like Alicia's just so funny and oh my God, I love this line and I can't, and oh, we love, you know, like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. To see the it. people who love Nora, to see the people who love Ingrid, although Ingrid is like such a difficult character, you know, the people that love Luke, the people that love me, it's like, it's, we, ju we just love it. We just are so happy to be received in the way that we've been received. It's a glorious show. It's absolutely amazing in every way. I'm going to watch it again. I'm, I'm probably, I'm going to give myself another two weeks to have a good buffer. And yeah. then I'm going to watch the whole thing again because it's just, it's, it's truly lightning in a bottle. It really is. Um, I'm glad. How amazing is working with that cast? I hear that we have been pretty lucky because we all like genuinely like each other and have natural chemistry and get along. For me, it was it was one of my first experiences. Like this is the first time I was a series regular. So I I think that if anything I work on after this is not as, you know, ideal as this, I'm gonna be like, hold on a second. All I know is Great chemistry. Great <laughs> yeah, like I mean, every every person from the highest person, from the executives at Amazon to Greg and Howard to that every single one of our directors to the cast, you know, to the to the PAs, to the the person miking you, to hair and wardrobe, to craft services, like every single person was a joy. That's amazing. Yeah, from the from the teamsters that picked us up and drove us to and from set every day, you know, like just just really wonderful. I think that I think that I lucked up. You really did. That yeah. that is truly the dream. That that is what you know. Um, I'm a performer too. I'm an actor, and that's that is you know that's the that's the top of the ladder. That's what we all want, you know, to work yeah. with him who who brings your your trueness to life um, and helps lift you up in every aspect of, you know, not only your character, but your humanity on set. That's uh, that's a really incredible thing. Yeah. And I felt like everyone was just so natural, you know, like I feel like whatever, I feel like everyone's essence sort of shines through their character, you know, like I think 
Kevin, who plays Luke, I think to a certain degree, he is a little bit manic, you know? Uh-huh. In, in a really delightful way in real life because he's so smart, he's so funny, he's such a hard worker, he's so focused, and he's, he's very diligent in his routine, you know? We'd have a 4.30 a.m., 5 a.m. call time, he's going to get up and box before then. For me, I might go, well, maybe I'll work out after. You know, maybe I'll wait till the day off and work out, but he's so regimented. It's, 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 it's amazing. Allegra, who plays Ingrid, she's just so naturally talented and so funny, but there's something that is so like innately sweet about her. I think whenever she plays a character that is kind of like the stereotypical B-I-T-C-H for a lack uh -huh, of a <laughs> you'll, you'll, there, you'll always still like her and find the humanity because there's something just so naturally sweet about her that will always shine through. You know, I think, I think Andy, who's Nora, is very natural and just sweet and grounded um, and like kind of adorable. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, like yeah, I, sure, she's attractive. I gotta she tell you, I, I was crushing from the first moment she was on screen. I was like, wow. And this was my introduction to her. Yeah. I, I don't remember. I've, I'm sure I've seen her on other things, but this was yeah. the first thing that I, you know, that really introduced me to, uh, to her. And she, she is incredible. Yeah, yeah. I think that there's a certain part of me that is very protective. And I think that that, that shines through. There's a certain part that's like, you know, I'm all games and no games all at the same time. And I think that that sort of, I think that my, like, like goofy, but no nonsense thing. I think that that just comes through in Alicia, you know? And then of course, like, you know, Nathan, who's played by Robbie, it's just sort of like, it's just like subtle. It's, it's like, I, it, it's so hard. It's, it's like so purposed, but subtle. It's like subtle intrigue. Do you get what I'm saying? It's just I like- I absolutely do. And, so, it, and that comes through so powerfully on screen. And I agree with you with every, character across the board is done so uh to absolute perfection um and uh, uh uh you are an absolute joy truly um and um i wanna um i wanna uh i was watching a lot of your other stand-up bits yeah. i was just kind of kind of taking myself on a, uh, a little- uh, A little Zainab rabbit hole. Exactly, <laughs> yes, just hopping right along. I watched your uh, uh, Arsenio appearance, which was awesome. Thank um, you. You, I mean, rocking it with no hair. Yeah, right? I mean, and you, uh, you didn't, you didn't have any hair on um, when you were doing Last Comic Standing too, right? Yeah, so Last Comic Standing and Arsenio, they were about the same time. I think they were three years into me doing stand-up. So that was all about, the, that. The, those were taped in about a, a couple of months different from each other. But I, I started growing my hair back um, in 2016, so four years ago at this point. I started, I stopped wearing a shaved head. But I started stand-up in like 2000 like toward the middle end of 2010. And, and Arsenio and Last Comic Standing, I believe were either 2013 or 2014. 2013, I think. 
Yeah, that that sounds about right. That's what I have in my notes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Because if you look at me, I did, I did, I did um, JFL new faces in 2014. I had a shaved head. Um, it wasn't until I think my first stand-up appearance without a shaved head was my late night set with late night with Seth Meyers was. Which was also great. Yeah, I watched that too. Yeah, yeah, that was the first one I did where I, oh no, I'm like, my Melbourne, okay, I've done a lot of (laughs) stand-up. You have, yes. (laughs) Uh, That, it's, it's so incredible. And uh, you, you have, I mean, I'm sure it, it probably, I won't, I won't speak for you. You seem to have a, such a natural stage presence from and I and I watched I don't know probably 20 different videos and and they were all very natural yeah very you were focused but just started nailing it from the moment you came out every single time Um, especially on Seth Meyers too you could really tell that you had worked on that routine a lot (laughs) so bravo to that Thank you. Thank How was that experience for you? That oh, was your that was your first official late night appearance on Yeah. Time? Yeah. Um I um it was it was wonderful. I um I remember doing a set at the Comedy Cellar and the booker for Seth Meyers came to see me. And at the Comedy Cellar we're doing like 15 minute sets, but you know a late night set is 5 minutes. And so I did all of this stuff about being about my experience like being black being black but it was not it was not like it was it was a lot of you can I probably did this material on my epics set my unprotected sets which is was about like how I look a certain I look like the black person that's going to do this but really this is what I'll probably do right and I did a little bit about my family and in the booker I talked to the booker afterwards and she was like I loved all of it, but I really loved your family stuff. Your family stuff is like, that's like the essence of you, you know? And so then it was about me, you know, as an artist, it's always a battle of what you want to do versus what people want you to do. Right. And I tried to find a happy medium between what I wanted to talk about at the time and what the booker thought was the best thing for me to talk about for that platform. Um, And I remember leading up to it when I was running my set, you know, you running all around town doing five minutes set, you know, you're doing five, six, five minute spots a night, right? And I remember being at the the improv and the, um, the tech that's running like the lights and the sound when I got off, he was like, it's 7.30. Like my set was coming in at seven minutes and 30 seconds. And I'm like, I don't know what to cut. So that's what was awful for me. I did not know what to cut. Finally, the lat, like the week leading up to it, I finally just get down to it. And I'm like, I remember reading something. I think I, I think I was actually talking to Greg and he said, the thing that's the hardest to do is cut, is cut stuff. Like you, you love everything. So the hardest thing to do is to get rid of, because you love all of it you know and so and so I you know decided what I wanted to cut and I remember but but Seth Meyers the, the, they already had my transcript like they already had my typed out set which was coming in at seven minutes and 30 seconds right so when I show up to set that day she was like so are you ready and you know it's a wonderful it's everybody backstage Seth comes back and you know 
talk to us for a little while and everything. Um, and I said, yeah, I said, but I cut a lot of that stuff. And she was like, did you? And I was like, yeah, I said, it was coming in too long. I was like, I only have five minutes, right? She was like, yeah. I was like, well, I cut some of the stuff. And she was like, did you cut your brother being gay? Did you cut that joke? And I was like, no. She was like, as long as you didn't cut that joke, I don't care what you cut, as uh -huh. long as you didn't cut that joke. And I was like, no, that's the closing joke. And she was like, okay, you can do whatever you want as long as you do that joke. And so that was like my favorite joke that year. Like it was my absolute favorite joke to do that year. That's awesome. I know the joke that you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I love that joke. But it, it was great. It was great. Somebody told me who had done, who had just recently done Conan. They said, you know what? Another. It was actually Sammy. Sammy who hosted. Oh yeah, Sammy Open. Yeah, Sammy mm -hmm. said, he said, you know what? He said, everybody told me like, you know, how to prepare and what material to do. He said, but the one thing they didn't tell me was to have fun. He said, um, he said, you know, you, you, it's an hour long show and it's, 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 it's a, it's a host that they know. And the host has professional writers writing every single joke for them. And then the other people that are on the show are celebrities. So people are going to laugh at what they say regard because they're celebrities. You're the only unknown. You're the only unknown variable on the show. And they bring you out at the end of the show. They bring you out in the last segment of the show. So the audience has gotten all of the laughter that they need. He says, so all you can do is have fun. If you have fun, they'll have fun. And he said, and Sammy said, make sure that in, you know, that in your green room, you have people who make you feel good. So I made sure to have all of as many of my brothers that I could have with me, they were in the green room with me. Oh, and what's good about that is they're my younger brothers. So I worry about them. I don't have time to worry about my set because I'm just worried about them. They're cracking jokes on me. They're making fun of me. You know what I'm saying? So we're not, and then my, my cousin, my older cousin did like my makeup and stuff. So she's just making sure I look nice. They're making fun of me and she's making sure I look nice. And so I just had that energy and I just had to make sure I had on high heels. It was a long walk from backstage to my mark. And I was like, you know, my mark in front of the camera, I was like, as long as I don't trip, it's going to all go well. And it, and it went well. So I'm, I'm, I was very happy to do it. That's amazing that you had your whole team there just, just ready to, uh, you know, uh, yeah. to applaud you. And, uh, and yeah, that's what it's all about. You just got to have a good time. But yeah. We're, you know, us as audience members, that's, you know, we, we're just, we're just ready to have fun. And that's, yeah. that's what it's all about. Yeah. And, you know, um, uh, and you brought it, uh, and it was, you know, it was absolutely really great. Thank you. Thank well you. Well done. Yeah. What show, uh, what show do you want to do next? Like late night show? Sure. Anything. Um, I would really like to do an hour of stand-up. I'd like really like to put out a special. Oh, special. I think, yeah, I think that that is my next goal for stand-up is to put out an hour special. Um, before this happened, actually, before we got the premiere date, I was scheduled to do um, Edinburgh. And I was really looking forward to that uh, because I was going to be able to run an hour, you know, and, and to run an hour in like a different country it would have really let me know if it was ready for, you know, ready to be time. filmed. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then we got the release date for upload 
And I was like, well, maybe not. You know, it, it seems like we got the release date and we got a, a bunch of like press stuff. We have FYC events that we have to do. So it's probably not good for, you know, who knows if we'll get a season two. I probably shouldn't be scheduled to be out the country for a month in, in July or August, you know, right after this show premiere. And so then we, so then I canceled Edinburgh. Um, and then, and then COVID happened. Surprise. <laughs> Yeah, so, but but definitely my goal, um, I imagine, in 2021 is to put out a, a really spectacular hour of stand-up. Zainab, I'm going to tell you, it's going to happen. Yeah. I was listening to your interview with Grace Helbig, um, who is just a, a phenom. She's great. Yeah. Um, and you were, um, you sort of psychically, uh, you, you manifested it right, right in place. Uh, cause you were talking about, you know, um, what was going to be happening in a year and, yeah. and here we are, all yeah. of the things are coming out, upload is out, 100 humans is out. And, um, and I'm sure you're up to other projects. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's going to happen. No yeah. doubt. I have absolutely no doubt. Yeah. Well, thank you. Um, Zainab, thank you so much for uh, joining me here on this uh, this weird and wild show. Thank um, you for having me. Yeah. Um, keep killing it. Keep okay. doing your thing. <laughs> I can't wait to see you on more things. Congratulations on, uh, as you just mentioned, uh, uh, Upload has been picked up for, I mean, for season two. Yeah. So everybody listening, please watch Upload season one. Now you can watch 100 Humans. It's on Netflix. Upload is on Amazon. You can watch. I have I have a half hour of comedy on Epics. It's called Unprotected Sets. Um, a lot of people don't know about Epics, but it is a really good half hour of stand up. Um, you can listen to my podcast, Honest Tea with Z. Honesty is spelled H-O-N-E-S-T-E-A. And I and you know with my podcast, it's funny. I sort of do my podcast. At first, I was doing my podcast for me. But then somehow it got reversed and I do my podcast for the listener. Like, especially right now, like if, when you start to get messages, like this is like a highlight in my week, or this is how you've helped me, or this is you've given me such new insight into like, you know, black Muslims or whatever, be, women, women, comedians, whatever. I'm like, oh, my responsibility is now to them. This is not just for me, you know? So make sure you guys check that out. It's on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, Spotify. All the places. All the places. And of course, you can go down a YouTube rabbit hole of my stand-up. Please watch all of the things, listeners, because Zainab is absolutely amazing. Uh, You're you're incredible. Where where can people find you on social media? All social media platforms. My handle is Zainab Johnson, Z-A-I-N-A-B Johnson. Awesome. And my website is Zainab Johnson too, so. Great. Yeah, thank you. Thank you so much for having me on Faux Real. <laughs> Am I saying it right? Faux Real. <laughs> you are. Thank you. That's going to be my new, uh, my new sound clip that's going to go up every episode. Thank you for doing that. <laughs> Zainab, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for joining me. Um, have a great evening. Enjoy your weekend. Stay healthy and uh, keep doing your thing. Thank you. Thank you. You too. Have a good weekend. Take care. Bye. Remember, you can follow me, as always, across all the places at Devlin Wilder. That's D-E-V-L-I-N-W-I-L-D-E-R. And Faux Real at Faux Real Pod. That's F-A-U-X-R-E-A-L-P-O-D. That's it for this one. 
see you on the next one. Yeah.